Uh, guy should be here any second and we can work this out. Oh, there he is. Ben, how you going, mates? G'day, man. How are you? Good, buddy. Good. good. Hey, hey. Hey, Fred. Here as ben, well. how you doing? Hey, yeah, good, man. Good. Uh, Darren, Darren's couldn't make it tonight? Nah, couldn't make it. Nah. Um, right. Opening uh, one of his long-awaited Master of the Universe Origins figures oh, and got, nice. a, got a paper cut that almost <laughs> severed the arm. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they can his sew that back on. His arm or He-Man's arm? Well, I don't know. He didn't specify. Oh, That'd but but bad. equally bad either way. Pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. Yeah. Well, all right. So these two hundred. What what are we gonna do? Like, well, I got nothing to be honest. Like toy line retrospective, maybe. Well, we Finish. did. You know, I've been thinking about that because way back in the early days, we did those two minute pictures. Remember them? Yes. You know, yeah. Two minute pictures. So Short, sharp, and shiny. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I think it's it was we we cranked through too many too quickly. Burnt, so, burnt a lot of yeah. good material. Uh, without going not, into enough detail. I, yeah. yeah, well, right. I just think that we can unpack a lot more. You okay. know, like I'd love to revisit Battle Beast, Sectors. Mm-hmm. You know, you did Inspector Gadget. We've talked about Robin Hood. Sure. Um, mm. Some know. of those kennel lines. Waterworld That's had a right. line. Yeah. Water, yeah. Waterworld. Water, no. water. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Costner at his peak. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if if That's... we do Waterworld, I think we have to have Davey on. Should well, should we, we have? Should we, should, we... should we have him? No. Davey's done. Yeah. What? Yeah. He hasn't invited us back well, after that quiz. Yeah, He's no, still sore. We we had the hundredth and we had him on. That's Where right. was our invite back for his hundredth? No, well, he just oh. he just palmed a voice recording. Oh, just, just do a recording because yeah, yeah, we don't right. actually want you in the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah thanks, yeah. man. Uh, bummer. No. Okay. Yeah. Good call. Um, yep. What's what's like a, a toy line that we haven't really touched on? Like I know we've done. Um, Care Bears. I got a friend of mine who's yep. big into Care Bears, and she she knows Care Bears the way we all know, you know, yeah. Transformers and stuff. Yeah, it's good. Be- Is it two hundred worthy though? We need a big big toy line. No one would see it coming though. No, Care that's Bears. true. Yeah, yeah. Care Bears. I mean Star Wars is always obvious. Yeah. Um, there's not too many '80s lines out there that are bigger than Star Wars. And how many how many Star Wars experts do we yeah, know? We like, need pick to, and choose. Yeah. Um, well, cool. I mean, is uh, dare I say the elephant in the room? <laughs> don't don't aggro- G- G- G.I. Joe. Get no, 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 no. Nah. Come on, no. That would be and who's, horrific. Do, does any of us know anything nah. about G.I. Joe? Yeah, we need to get like. Yeah, I, I mean, I read a few comics and things, but I'm no, you know, that was like, you know, in the t- from 2000 onwards, sort of. Yeah, in that. I, I had like three figures yeah, from childhood, and there's there's yeah. there's hundreds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Nah. I don't even know my flints from my. Zartans. No, nah. you're just making up words. I am. <laughs> <laughs> you're starting fires, man. <laughs> no, yeah, GI yeah. Joe is not happening. Uh, okay. All right. Well, all right. I'm gonna let's. I'm gonna go get a beer. Does yes. anyone want a beer? Beer, and, um, beer me. Yep, yep. 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 And all we'll right. have to think about this and get back to it. All okay. right. Cool. All right. All right. See you guys in a sec. Yep. Catch. Oh, thank God, GI Joe. I'm not bloody doing that. <laughs> Got out of that pretty well. Oh, well, this guy's gonna take ages. I'm gonna have a nap. Hmm. Frank, Frank, wake up! What? 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 Frank, wake up! What? What? what where? Where am I? What? Kill, Killy, what are you doing here? Well, this is your worst nightmare or my favorite dream ever. What? Oh no! Oh no! No! Don't tell me, please! It can't be! It can't be! Who else is here? What's going on? I don't understand. Well, we're we're there's a bunch of us, and uh, we're here to change our mind. Change my mind on what exactly? Oh, and your Yo, Joe. Oh no, no. Cobra. La, la, la. <laughs> Frank, welcome to your worst nightmare. Um, I'm so so happy to announce that with me here, all the way from Ottawa, Canada, is Mr. Colin. Hi, hi. 
all the way from Maryland, trying to find a battle cat from the Origins line is Miss Leanne. Hello, hello. And we're here to make your dreams come true and to talk G.I. Joe. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me that in my dream, I'm dreaming about a G.I. Joe episode. That's That doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right at all. Who organized with this? with us. I might add, with us. With you, of, of all people. And Gilly, what... It, oh, God damn it. We're, we're dressed, just in case. You're dressed. <laughs> it's, it's a nice dream. Don't okay. worry. Wearing G.I. Joe shirts. <laughs> well, all three of us, I God, well, all right. Well, if this is a nightmare, the only way to get to the end of a nightmare is to wake up and let's get to the end of this dream. All right, guys, Colin, Gilly, Leanne, teach me. I am your disciple. Teach me about G.I. Joe so we can get this over with. It could be worse. You could be playing Lego with Trent. Think about it. <laughs> and you know he doesn't take them out of the box, so playing Lego with Trent must be the most boring thing. You ever. stack one box on top of the other, don't Just you? Just staring <laughs> at the boxes. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Frank, so glad Holy to have you here. So glad to, to, to bring you up to speed on what is a 50-plus year uh, endeavor in the, in the world of G.I. Joe. So... In order to, to really get an appreciation of what, what's going on here in G.I. Joe, we got to go back to the beginning. So G.I. Joe was born in 1964. It was designed by Sam Weston, and it was released in retail in the United States and Canada in 1964. It was a wildly successful brand of 12-inch, highly articulate uh, toy soldiers uh, that was named for a generic term that was used for U.S. soldiers, which was G.I. Joe. So wait, 12-inch? You can you tell me they're not these little 3.75-inch things I'm used to? Not in the beginning. Uh, they were up against uh, Barbie. It was sort of a the uh, seen as a way to bring an action figure line into the boys' line, very much like Mattel had done with Barbies for the girls. So G.I. Joe was Barbie's boyfriend? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that. No, no. I thought I thought it was Ken, but you know she's obviously done away with Ken and and found herself a, an army man. Right. I like to think of it as Ken was around when um, when Joe was off fighting the good fight overseas. But when <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. That Joe that's my there. that is my head cannon right now. <laughs> <laughs> when Joe came home, away. Ken went to the shed. <laughs> Um, so it was wildly popular. Um, you had this 21 points of articulation and it was picked up around the world in the United Kingdom through Palatoys, uh, in Japan, uh, through Takara, uh, as a, as called, uh, GI Joe and uh, later on as combat man, uh, in Australia, it was through a company called Kenbright as GI Joe. And then as a Palatoy sub-license as action man. Uh, it was in Brazil through uh, Estrella. Estrella, yes. Um, and in Argentina as well as Joe Super Temerario. Pardon my. Uh, Super my Temerario. There that's we like, go. Like, like, <laughs> that's like, it doesn't have any. He, he's not afraid of anything. That's pretty much what they're trying to say over there. Super Temerario. And, and Estrella was Briquedos, which is uh, like action figures um Brickados and action but he was named falcon oh i didn't Pretty know much. that that's cool yeah. 
So and uh, just to make a, a, a really short um, mention here, well, when we were interviewing Kirk Vasigian, he was trying to make an emphasis on the power of this line, Frank. So, so just open your mind. Um, this is the, the early, early 60s. And if you think about it, the last thing that you want to sell in Japan is U.S. soldiers. <laughs> and, and not only they did sell them but the, he, he created a huge a huge change within the gaming industry um not gaming as a video games but in uh. the as, as gaming playing with toys in japan they actually step up the game with the with the robots and their majinga type of um industry because of some of them in the industry thought that it was a literally an invasion from U.S. forces. So they step up the game. And thankfully, thanks to that influence of G.I. Joe, we have the wonderful mechas that we have right now. They wanted to step up. And, and very much so, like, uh, you know, just as an idea comes from one part of the world and gets interpreted in another part of the world and then gets uh, it, it evolves there as well. So G.I. Joe evolved into Henson Cyborg. Uh, which had sort of a G.I. Joe articulation, but it had clear plastic bodies. And then Takara decided that they were going to take the 12-inch G.I. Joes and shrink them down to three and three-quarter inch in 1974, and they launched something called Microman. Well, Microman mm. became Micronauts in the United States. Mm. Microman also became a key part of MicroChange, which was a line of transforming cassettes and players and microscopes and guns. When MicroChange joined with Diaclones, that got bought by Hasbro, introduced in the world as Transformers. So in that way, G.I. Joe is actually the grandfather of related. No, it can't be true. Don't, don't, don't. I know this is a nightmare, <laughs> but you're telling me my beloved Transformers come from G.I. Joe? Come of on. They're related. It's the same house. They're DNA. <laughs> I figured they just, I knew they crossed them over, but I didn't realize one was so, that's, you know. That's like the nine evolution. Yeah, we all come from apes. So the Transformers, <laughs> they all come from Joe. It Every all comes back to Joe. Comes back to G.I. Joe. Yep. On the we, have, side. we have a common ancestor. That's, that's how it exactly. works. Exactly. But we're still talking the, the big 12-inch stuff at this stage, right? Or is this where we start to get into the the... Because I, I guess as a as someone who knows nothing about GI Joe, you say the word GI Joe, and I think of the three point seven five inch stuff. But that wasn't until later, because we're still talking sixties, seventies. Way later in the game. Yeah, and I, I don't think yeah, we're so there happened, yet. Totally. You know what happened in the seventies is there was the big oil crisis, so it became very costly to make these big twelve inch figures. So Hasbro shrank them down uh, in size to eight eight inches, and then eventually uh, ended the line. You know, it had a it had a good run for. 13, 14 years, and, you know, uh, it, it was sidelined. About the same time Star Wars had hit the market, Kenner was, you know, uh, making big bank on those figures, and they had sort of set the industry standard for um, the size of figures. And so Hasbro came around, wanted to get back into the G.I. Joe game, uh, and, and learn from what was going on, both in the cost of plastics and in terms of the success of Star Wars, and brought us to what you know as the uh, the real American hero. G.I. Joe, American hero. Yo, G.I. Joe. That started back in March of 1981. Um, it, um, it, you know, it's a figure with 12 points of articulation. Um, 
And what they what they did to innovate is as opposed to having everybody named GI Joe, um, they they decided to make GI Joe the overarching name for the line of toys. So instead of having a bunch of Joes in the field, you would have Snake Eyes and Scarlet and Stalker and Grunt, and they would have an enemy for uh, a real identified enemy. Uh, in this case, Cobra, the evil terrorist organization that threatens to rule the world. All of that thanks to Larry Hammer, by the way. He, he was yeah. the one that added that Absolutely. spice into the story yep. and added the bad guys and added because the original, the original um, concept was just um, seven figures or t top, sometimes 12 was in, in the brainstorming of that, but basically good guys, pretty much. The, the first wave was, was all about good guys. And uh, that came from from an injection of patriotism that Bob Prupis was trying to. That, he, that was what he used. There was this famous, and and we we actually did like a stop motion stop motion reenactment and, and plastic crack about it. But he was in Boston having brunch with friends and family. He saw how the Russian army was trying to defeat the um, the um, American team in the Olympics, which was there were college kids fighting these big Russian guys and these kids beat the um, the Russian team. And, and he saw how the bar erupted in flames and someone came up with an American flag and they all started chanting stuff. And he he turned around to his wife and said, we need to bring J.I. Joe back. This country <laughs> needs that injection of patriotism. And that's how the, the role yeah. started. He called Kirk and he's like, I need you on Monday because we're doing G.I. Joe. So yeah. the, hence why the very first line is this literally all American heroes. It's the real American heroes because it was based on that moment. It was based on that train of thought. And hence why Grunt, Flash, Rock and Roll, they're all very, if you think about it, they're all very stereotype on the American hero. But then when, when the comic book emerge into it and Larry Hammer got involved he's like well yeah this sounds cool but you need a story and these heroes are fighting who and yeah. their plan was to to have them as a counterparts to Star Wars which was still it was somewhat in decline but it was still a very strong property at the moment so that was their plan like oh they're gonna fight Darth Vader and they're gonna fight Stormtroopers and and it was Larry Hammer who pretty much put pushed them to have bad guys and hence why Leon is surrounded right now with the Cobra Commanders. <laughs> yes, um, yeah, and actually his didn't he tweak an initial idea he had with like Nick Fury, to, and kind of mm -hmm. um, you know developed the the idea of the comic series and of Cobra, um, and then actually. Uh, I think that's when Hasbro teamed with Marvel and to help promote the comic series and the toy line, um, Marvel Productions actually uh, developed these animated, like fully animated, um, like 30 second commercials for the comic, Correct. which is really cool. And you can mm -hmm. find them all on YouTube. They're really cool. And another cool thing about it, and this was before the cartoon series, but it led to the cartoon series because it, it was so popular. Um, and what's cool about it is that some of the voice actors who actually ended up being in the regular cartoon are in the, these initial commercials. And it's cool because like Chris Latta, who ended up doing Cobra Commander and, you know, some other voices and like Starscream and Transformers, 
um, you can tell he doesn't, he's feeling it out. Like he's, he's not sure how he's going to play Cobra Commander yet. Um, and actually the early version of the theme song is in those, those commercials as well. So it's really cool. It's, it's kind of like they're feeling stuff out and, you know, these, these commercials introduced, um, you know, characters like Destro and Major Blood um, that were in the comics. And, and to, to, to make this dream of Frank more memorable, <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we play those commercials? Yes. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection. Infantry troopers. Codename Grunt. Bazooka soldier. Codename Zap. Motor soldier. Codename Short Fuse. Laser rifle trooper. Codename Flash Ranger. Codename Stalker. Communications officer. Codename Breaker. Machine gunner. Codename Rock and Roll. Counterintelligence. Codename Scarlet Commando. Codename Snake Eyes. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. So one of the things that's really interesting about uh, about the commercials was that the the way the regulations were in the states at the time is you couldn't have um, you couldn't have a cartoon that was based directly on a toy line because the powers that be felt that was like a 22 minute advertisement for toys, which it was, but mm -hmm. um, they were trying to um, uh, make some disconnect in, in the marketplace. Uh, and so this was a, a, an innovative way for Hasbro to get around those regulations. They weren't advertising the toys. They were advertising the comics. Right. Anything that of that was accidental. Remember right. the Hasenfeld didn't, didn't um, he wasn't sure about uh, greenlighting this idea and bringing back Joe. For them, Joe, for him specifically, Joe was, was a landmark of his dad, um, you know, um, legendary um build up in within the company but it, it was a different type of world uh gi joe again was not star wars changed the game mm -hmm. and one of the the key issues that the team um, decided or so i was told um to use to convince him was pretty much pitch like wait it's not just a toy line it's going to be backed up by a comic book so that got his interest and in the following meetings they came up with well, we're also trying to develop our, a cartoon that is not going to be a commercial, but wink, wink, it's, <laughs> it's going to be a 30-minute commercial. <clears throat> and then, as, as they say, um, when they talk about this, um, when they play the music of the actual, the actual intro of the cartoon, that's when he just turned around and said, all right, let's do this. It was the music, play music, Frank. Uh, that uh, that uh, convince him of you know doing this. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. GI Joe is there. GI Joe When I was going back doing a bit of uh, research for uh, to talk about G.I. Joe to you, um, I love this line that I found in one of my books, which was um, which was about the pitch. Uh, and it's it's a line from uh, John uh, Mishlik. And he, so I'm quoting here. The room was electrified. Everybody turned to Stephen, um, who was standing quietly. His eyes misted over as he said, you all found a way to bring G.I. Joe back. I'm going to go tell my dad. And with that, he left to go visit. 
uh, Merle Hasselfeld's uh, gravesite. So you basically right. stand up, according to Kirk, he stand up at, at, at the grave and he said that I'm bringing back G.I. Joe. So wait, at the same on. time, this the, the, like a few years later, this little kid in in the southwest region of Australia was playing with turtles, and he wasn't aware of what was going on. You know, GI <laughs> Joe was taking the world by storm. He was saying "Kawabunga, dude!" And uh, and that little kid grew up to be very very happy, not knowing. It didn't any get of the this. memo. I think it didn't get the memo from my perspective. <laughs> I was going to say because you've, you've 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 we've established the link between GI Joe and Transformers, and then Leanne, you touched on it a bit there where there was a crossover with Marvel and and what they were doing with the comics and stuff. All that's missing here is if you tell me that GI Joe is in some way linked to Ninja Turtles, then I I, I almost have to cave and get it right because you're touching. GI Joe have two standards. <laughs> I was going to say that I would not be surprised if there was a, uh, an indirect link between what the, the Turtles uh, creators were doing and some of the inspired by some of the early stuff in GI Joe and and, and Larry Hama. Larry Hama uh, really built the character of Snake Eyes. He's not the, the bumbling comic relief that you see in the cartoon. He's a silent ninja. He has a tragic backstory. Um, he's a really interesting toy uh, in, a, in amongst everything else because G.I. Joe's manufacturers wanted to add more paint apps, and they knew that was going to be a cost thing. So what they decided to do is, as, as opposed to dulling the paint across the entire line they introduced a single character snake eyes with no paint apps mm. so that they could add those paint apps to the other characters snake eyes was born from that larry hammer's imagination sort of went wild he created a ninja clan called the arachnish i, <laughs> I gotta get my Ara gotta get my tongue around it the arachnish that's it <laughs> and <laughs> That led into a, a counterpart for Cobra by the name of Storm Shadow, which led into a whole rivalry between them. So throughout the entire line of the Marvel comics, you have uh, a, a theme of ninjas. And it, it becomes really prominent towards the end after Turtles take over, where G.I. Joe is like, hey, ninjas are cool. Let's, let's have ninja force. Let's make everybody a ninja. You even oh. see that in the uh, retaliation movie where there's a there's a homage to the silent issue uh, silent issue of uh, issue 21 where uh, snake eyes and jinx are battling ninjas on the cliffs um so i would not be surprised if if turtles took a little bit of inspiration from that i have a, i have something but i'm gonna burn uh, a little bit of season two because we Ooh. haven't released this but uh in the early 90s of the modern era of pretty much if, we, if now if we're talking from the 12 inch line to the present the, in the very early 90s the joes started um, heading towards a way that not every joy collector likes which is the famous neon colors we addressed that when we were um, shooting plastic crack and i specifically asked her was about this like whatever what happened with the <laughs> like can you please clarify please make it understandable for me i don't have anything against it they're not my favorite by any means but i have them i have all the unwanted neon colors he's answered and and again this is supposed to be part of um season two but it doesn't matter i love your show <laughs> so i'm just gonna say it here 
See, this is a dream. It's not a nightmare. Um, <laughs> he basically said the, the answer was was simple. We were fighting in the, in the market with four teenagers eating pizza that every single accessory <laughs> and vehicle and everything that they had were neon color. So they were trying to compete with the trend and hence why G.I. Joe was flooded with neon colors and neon plastic starting in the very early 90s. So you're telling me my beloved turtles were partially responsible for the fall of G.I. Joe? I think I just love turtles even more now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. G.I. Joe is still kicking. (laughs) Where, Where are your turtles now? Well, look, Turtles have a thing where every second reboot kind of sticks. So uh-huh. we're in a down cycle right now. I'll give you that. Oh, okay. But, oh, uh, okay. you know, they'll come back. They're, 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 you're you're they're in the lower stay. point of the wave, right? That's right. We're in the trough. Before, we're going to come back the, up. Before the... <laughs> there you go. There you one, go. One, one of the things that I do is... A flag on, on the turtle line or, or um, defiant on the turtle line. I mean, they have great vehicles, but... We have a we have a technodrome. I, ra- I take your flag and I raise you a technodrome, all right? We have technodrome. a pterodrome. <laughs> Our pterodrome. A gun from the pterodrome can blow up your technodrome. <laughs> That's one gun. Are there one any- of the things I have to say uh, from as a perspective of a Canadian collector is that uh, G.I. Joe gave us one more aircraft carrier than the entire Canadian Armed Forces. <laughs> we do not have an aircraft carrier. And it's funny because the only difference, literally, the only difference is the the actual Canadian flag on on the on the ship. So if you if you're a foreign collector and if you want to have every variant, like Air Air Devon used to have one, uh, the only difference will be the little flag. So you're you're basically giving away six seven feet by four of your real estate just because of that flag so (laughs) yeah it's it's interesting up in canada uh, it was marketed as gi joe real american hero uh but we got our distribution through uh, longueville quebec uh Mm. which is where hasbro is located up here and they had individual deco sheets for every hero vehicle uh, so instead of saying the United States on it, it would say Canada. It would have the Canadian flag on the back. Um, we didn't have the U.S. flag on our flag points. We just had the red, white, and blue. Uh, we had bilingual uh, cards because but we're that's due to country. regulations, right? It wasn't just yeah. just pride. It was regulated. Yeah, um, I, I think there's a, there's a little bit of that both ways. Um, one of the things that I wrote about about five years ago was the influence on the file cards themselves. So it wasn't just that we had French and English cards, but we actually had a number of G.I. Joe figures from the first two years who were born in Canada as opposed to being uniquely born in the United States. So, for example, Steeler, who was uh, from Pittsburgh, uh, in Canada, he was born in Hamilton. Uh, which we call Steel Town because it's a it's a big um, uh, resource town. Um, uh, Scarlet was from Calgary. Grunt was from Montreal. Um, oh, that's funny. And so forth. So I love we, Calgary. So that was our sort of influence. We didn't have very many variants. We had a we had a a repaint of the Vamp and the mobile missile system for Cobra. We had a, a consumers distributing exclusive black repaint of the Mobat, but you get over to uh, the United Kingdom and Action Force 
and they had variants of characters. They had variants of vehicles, um, and, and some of them are just wacky, uh, and some of them are just uh, among the the, the coolest uh, repaints that you that you can find. Uh, I one of my grails right now is the um, the personnel carrier, uh, which is done in this uh, muted green, but it's got some different stickers. It's got a completely different cannon mechanism. It's just it's just a gorgeous 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 thing. Um, oh, Leanne, Leanne ma mentioned Major Blood and Major Blood birthplace on the on the file card happens to be Sydney. And yep. two of the Dreadnoughts, Ripper and Torch, are both Australians. One is um, um, listed in as, um, Green Rape in Tasmania, um, and the other one is Botany Bay, just east of Sydney. There you go. That's all the east coast. I want to the Joe that's born in Adelaide. Right, forget this Sydney. <laughs> Sydney is like our New York. Everybody knows Sydney. You're on the East Coast. Yeah, shut up. No, but I, but think about <laughs> it. At least maybe you should concentrate at, at least to get the ones Aussies, the official Aussies born in Australia. That's that's a good place to start. You're, you're trying yeah, to get me focus to, on the dreadnoughts. You're trying to get me to collect GI Joes. Is it? This uh, is a nightmare, isn't it? <laughs> and the dread they're the cool. dreadnoughts are cool. They're super. They're cool. they're really cool. The great thing about is, is that it there's so many different avenues into it, right? Like yeah. if you if you like the bigger scale, there's the there's the vintage 12 inch figures. They've been introduced in a bunch of different ways. There are ones from the movie. There are ones from the 60s. There are um, uh, repops from the from the original ones. There's obviously the the three and three quarter inch. Uh, there's the new ones that have come out, which is the 25th anniversary body, which are hyper articulate. Um, there's Sigma Six, which is sort of a seven-inch body, which is very reminiscent of Centurions uh, and very the weirdos. Um, there's um, Sergeant, oh, what's his name? Uh, the Screaming Eagles, which is a slightly bigger figure, but is Connie, do you do, do you collect Sigma Six? I have a small collection of them. Uh, they're very easy to pick up at uh, at Value Village, which is a chain that uh, we share with uh, Australia. Uh, I have a. Oh, I have a friend that gives them away for free. Yeah, <laughs> for so, Leanne, do you collect Sigma Six? Um, I only have a couple. Um, I bought mm -hmm. Zartan um, when I saw him because I thought that style—it's kind of like anime influence. I thought that really suited him and suited that figure. So you know, yeah, I got a that, couple. That of them. one, I have to admit, that one has that has a distant, very attractive yeah. look. But yeah. I don't I don't collect them. They're really not my thing. It is pretty much based on scale. But I don't I'm not a hater either. Like especially yep. with you, Joe. I support it. But I, I always seen them uh just like Sergeant Savage. I only seen them like you know, when you're having your Thanksgiving and then this weird relative that wasn't invited shows up. <laughs> that, that's how I see them. Like, oh, there's that uncle. You know? <laughs> it's family, <laughs> we like them, we have to embrace him, but you know. Is that and then we uncle? go off on a tree branch and we have something called G.I. Joe Extreme, which was <sighs> when Kenner took over and tried to make an action figure in the time when Todd McFarlane was making in-action figures. Yeah. <laughs> Frank might like that, actually. <laughs> in-action figures. might like that. Yeah, that, that looks like a Ninja Turtle, so I'm pretty sure he's going to like that. <laughs> so wait, you're, yeah. you're saying Kenner got the license for a period there? Is that... Well, it was, it was in the time when Hasbro had acquired Kenner, and so what they did was oh, okay. they said they're trying to look for new ideas. 
we'll 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 hand it off to the Cincinnati branch and at Kenner, and they came up with Extreme, which was, um, I mean, they had five points of articulation, but they were that sort of '90s figure that if you moved it, it no longer stood up, mm. um, like articulation, but without really any real articulation. Yeah, that is very turtles. Yeah, <laughs> they had their feet yeah, molded in these crazy that's positions. That's what I said. And- and they yeah. all look like like build up and they're like oh so they know. were cool they were cool gi joes that's what you're telling me yeah for some kids <laughs> they were extreme <laughs> they were extreme <laughs> so you so we've touched on like the sigma six and, and the sort of stuff that came after in terms of the the 3.75 stuff and you you say you know this, i'm not a fan of this or i'm not a fan of that most the general thing if you're a, if you're a real american hero fan where's the cutoff right like vintage turtles it usually cuts off at about 92 after that it starts getting crazy if you're a geo if you're the speaking for the the most part what's the point there's there's the start of the 3.75 and where's where's the end point do you think for most collectors i think think there's two um you you hear a lot of fans who talk about 1982 to 1989 uh that's just before we start getting into the crazy colors, where we start getting into a massive amount of figures. There were about 500 three and three quarter inch figures between 1982 and 1994. And they're but, known as the purest. But in the 1980, 1993, mm-hmm. there's probably about over 100 figures that one year. If you bring in the Street Fighter crossovers, if you bring in Ninja Force, if you bring in um uh some of the other uh, sublines the the exclusives and whatnot so another are... relative distant relative more mortal oh sorry can you hear me yeah i got you mortal another uh distant relative mortal combat which by the way i know that falls into frank's alley oh have admit, you seen I've, those I've, i have eyed them off uh many a time and i just look at the price for something that is this big and i just go <laughs> no i can't do it that's <laughs> I yeah, see. they I had, see. they had uh, Street Fighter. The first Street line Fighter was yeah. embedded in GI Joe, so it was uh, GI Joe was part of the branding. The movie line was independent, but it used the same uh, the same molds. Mortal Kombat, like you said, uh, it even ended up in um, um, uh, Stargate. The movie uh, they used the um, the AWE Striker as one of the key vehicles uh, oh. for the toy line. So. It sort of yeah, goes those all molds, it. all the molds have, have paid off multiple times throughout the years. That's one of the most smartest investments ever. Um, you do, you know, um, the line is, we talk about the O-rings, right? Um, 1982 to 1994 is the year of the O-rings. And, right, and so it's on. that because... Hands, I was going to uh, say, hands up for those who don't... He-Man. For those who don't know what an O-ring is, we're not that kind of show. Like, please, please explain to the nuffies out there what an O-ring is. Emphasis that the guy with the green shirt surrounded by turtles is the only one lifting a hand in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is just like nodding. You know? <laughs> the, o- the O-ring is, is basically just a, a plastic uh, elastic that holds the upper part to the to the uh, to the legs, right? Very much like uh, vintage He-Man. Uh, what happened to the snow serpent? Is that okay? Whatever happened? You didn't tear that apart just to show that, right? <laughs> no, this is a repaint custom that I'm working on. Um, oh, okay. It's not actually a snow serpent. It's just a primed figure. Um, just 
because this is an audio show, I've taken a, a, a GI Joe figure so that the torso is separate from the, the waist and, and the legs. Um, one of the great things about GI Joe, and in fact, they pushed this as a, as a feature in Japan, was uh, how you could actually make your own Joes. You could make Franken Joes. Uh, there's a little screw in the back. You unscrew that, the arms pop off, the legs pop off, the head pops off. You can then take uh, your choice of any other arm, leg, head, torso, and make any combination from about probably about 95% of the Joes from the O-Ring series. So you don't like a figure's head, you can put another one on there. Uh, it's it's really cool for customizing purposes. I've, for, I've used it for to make those a, who likes that. Like I I I strongly <laughs> I, I don't like that at all. Like especially <laughs> when you're in on the hunt and then you go have I ever seen this figure? Where is this? <laughs> and then you start recognizing parts and you go, this is just a Frankenstein, you know? It's just a mix of pieces that Skit was very creative back in the day. He decided to change pants and stuff. Let's face it, the articulation was the big game changer within the scale because we came, and I'm a Star Wars fan, as you all know. Like, I'm a, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And in, in, actually, G.I. Joe is not even my first line, like Star Wars is. But when the Joes came in and you started to play with articulations and posing them, and even the current designers of any nine that you can mention right now, if you ask them, because I have, you know, what's your biggest influence to come up with the designs that you do right now? They're all going to mention G.I. Joe because G.I. Joe was the catalyst to posing and, and to have this need you know, it was a big leap between five five POA and, and what they brought to the table. And it pretty much changed the industry. Yeah, because you, you got the swivel arm articulation that started in like 83, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I mean, that kind of changed changed the game. Like I, I, um, I'm of the age where I should have been like all in on Star Wars. And I, I had a Boba Fett. That was it. But G.I. Joe, I was all in. It was the the detail on the vehicles and the articulation of the figures. And I just, uh, it, you, you cannot uh, emphasize enough how wonderful those, those figures are in terms of their articulation. And that continues now, right? We've got GI Joe classified out there uh, and the articulation on these new six inch figures, as, as you know, Frank is, is, is really impressive. I mean, with ankles and, and oh. even, the, even the small, ah. Uh, I have showing a, a classified snake guy. Yeah, this was uh, for those who listened to Toy Power back in the non-dream state known as reality. Um, you would know that uh, Mr. Chris Wisdom was good enough or generous enough to buy all four of us one of the limited edition uh, snake eyes classifieds. <laughs> and you, Trent, you open it exactly. Trent was horrified when I opened it, but um, it is what it is. It's what I do. Um, and look, the articulation, as someone who, who loves his Marvel Legends and I'm all about that articulation lifestyle, i got to say, it's it's pretty damn good. Um, you know, they've all, as I understand it, the rest of the line has butterfly joints for the arms and for a figure like Snake Eyes that I've got here. Um, that's pretty much a must, is that he can do all, all his ninja stuff. I will say, I do love how he comes with one, two, three, four, five, like six different accessories. He's holding every single one of them. Now, as a Turtles fan, my Turtles cannot do that. And it frustrates... I have... Tra you know the trays you would use for, like, fishing tackle and, and bait and all that sort of stuff? Mm -hmm. I have about 
a dozen of them filled with just extra accessories that have no home on the shelf. The figures can't hold them. So for this one, you know, figure to be holding all these bits and pieces, I'm like, good. It's, it's, I know these, where these it all is. Made. Yeah, these are made for the new generations who are actually heavily embedded with that scale. And they, they also collect Marvel Legends and other stuff like Bobby's Valles, Action Force. The stuff that he's that, that he's about to release is just mind-blowing. And it looks amazing. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know, Leanne, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't just Frank endorsing G.I. Joe in a way? I think he was. Those were some uh, some positive comments right there. <laughs> well, right? it's it's a dream, so anything's possible, right? Like <laughs> when I wake up, I'm gonna forget all this anyway. Like, <laughs> no, you're not. But, you know, I just like to feel your pain because, particularly when you get into the '92 and the '93 years, um, they would they would put these uh, uh, series of weapons in with the Joe. So you'd have like. You know, you'd have this big rocket launching device. You'd have two large machine guns. You'd have a small submachine gun. You'd have a pistol. You'd have a knife. You have two rockets. It's like there's only so many things that a Joe can handle. So there's a lot of us out there who have like just piles of weapons that we just don't know what to do. So we feel you. I don't. I don't. All my guys <laughs> Yeah, sure thing, Trent. Like you just leave all your toys in the box, like a, a good little boy. No, after, but you know that I have 19... a lot of loose stuff. I just after they're 19... still around there, but they're 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 weapons. But that <laughs> like seeing a weapon on the side and not knowing who it belongs to, like, it would just give me anxiety. Yeah, I need to know who owns it, who's the officer in charge, why why is this weapon not misplaced, and then you know hell's gonna break loose. <laughs> after nineteen ninety four. Uh, a real American hero went on a bit of a hiatus in 1997. Uh, Toys R Us released a eight pack of uh, vintage style characters. Uh, it's a kind of a controversial set because they lost some of the molds. So two of them were not what was advertised on the box. Um, and then they would do sort of inter intermittent uh, uh, anniversary sets out there. So there are other O-rings that go beyond 1994. So you get the purists that go up to 1989. You get another set that say anything after 1994, I'm not interested in. And then you get some other ones who are like, as long as it's an O-ring, uh, I would like to have it at some at some uh, point. Some of my favorite Joes are these three packs that came out around 2004, 2005. So three figures with a vintage comic book in the back, but new scalps for the heads. Uh, or new accessories maybe with them that were more accurate. Um, there's a set from issue two that was uh, Scarlet, uh, Scarlet in a, um, uh, a, a karate outfit. There's a, a very cool looking snake eyes. And there's Quinn, who was a character who showed up in the very early years of the comic book. He's an incredible Inuit uh, hunter. Uh, very early on with the um, uh, with the Joe line uh, mercenary uh, and it's just a beautiful beautiful set totally worth it so um, I tend to be all in with the O-rings so you sort of touched on it there Colin then we'll go around the room maybe and say who what's your um, what's the holy grail figures I guess I'm talking about what's the one where you go oh I want that or I you either you do or you don't have it perhaps or what's the one if someone goes show me the best G.I. Joe figure you do or don't have, what's what's number one on your list? 
that's the, like two different questions though because if i if i can i can show you what i can think is the uh, best figure out there and my own holy grail might not be that one though. okay so go, go answer both questions then <laughs> i think liana you're you're ready to take on that um i think so hang on okay let me see go if i got it. him i need to think about it <laughs> okay so for me because i'm a massive cobra commander fan and like when I was like five, when I was watching the cartoon, like he was my first crush. <laughs> and like, seriously, I'm like all in on him. Um, so when I actually, the reason that like I even got uh, into like online communities and things like when I was in high school, this is like, you know, mid 90s or whatever. Um, like I joined eBay in 98 just so I could buy Cobra Commander figures like for my childhood. And um, so my personal favorite is the straight arm Cobra Commander. I don't know if you can see him, but it's also, he's got the Mickey Mouse logo, nice. which is, um, I think that's the very first one before, you know, they came out with the, the swivel version and then he had the really nice Cobra symbol on his chest. That's correct. That is correct. And one, yeah. it's one of the most um, challenging to, to find. Yeah. So this is one of the first ones I, I went on to eBay to buy. And I've got the swivel arm version too. I'm actually watching you one. putting your finger on top of the Mickey Mouse logo and I'm, I'm, I'm having goosebumps. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so, it's so hard to find right now. Mine is graded because I don't, I don't want to touch it. I know I've just I've always had mine you know I got him in like late 90s and I've just I've taken taken him with me everywhere so yeah that that's my holy grail but that's just personally for me hmm. um, because I'm a cover commander fan so but but I mean that's a great mix because it, that is an amazing figure that one specifically mm -hmm. is an amazing figure that enigmatic um, helmet that you don't is is a mirror helmet you don't see who it is and if you happen to tune in into the cartoon cobra commander is just such a beacon of energy within any of the yeah. narrative and and the voice and everything so being able to play with the ultimate bad guy is yeah. it might be the equivalent of owning a Darth vader from any of the star yeah. wars line you know yeah you, and you like the ultimate bad guy right and um i also when i was younger i liked the hooded version too because I could see his eyes and, you know, I had a crush on him. So I like that. But um, he can I stare like, at you. Look, he right. can look you in the eye. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that's what's cool about, I like, I know that there's, there are fans who hate the cartoon and only like the comic or vice versa or whatever. But mm -hmm. I like both because I like the, you know, they made Cobra Commander more outlandish as the, the cartoon series went on. Whereas the comic kept him more grounded and gave him this, you know, really cool backstory. Um, and I, I actually really hate what they ended up doing with the G.I. Joe movie and the Cobra Law stuff. But I won't get into that. But, oh, um, the animated. You don't like the Cobra Law? Animated. No, because oh, I do not wow. like that they made they they put Serpentor, like took over. And I much prefer what happened to Serpentor in the comics. Cute I'm music. all for that. Man, I <laughs> Once a man. Oh, a man. I hated that. I just hated what they did to Cobra Commander as a character. Um, but I will admit, say, I will say uh -huh. that opening of the movie is like yeah, I the best. I was gonna best. say that. I was oh. gonna say that.
I will watch that like every day of the week. I have like, a Statue of Liberty behind yeah. my display just in resemblance of that opening sequence. It's, it, it's I, amazing. The music, amazing. the animation, it's gorgeous. Yeah, but so, I mean, I, I embrace a lot of it, like a lot of different aspects of it. Um, so for me, like, you know, I got in to G.I. Joe through the cartoon mostly. And then, you know, through that, started collecting the toys and then got into the comics later. Um, but yeah, the one thing I've always loved about G.I. Joe is that there's like something for everybody in it, I feel. Like I loved when I did get into the online communities, everybody like had their favorite character. Like I became friends with a guy who had his own web page dedicated to airtight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's 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 freaking awesome. You know, yeah. I mean, he doesn't show up very often, but he's a cool character. He's got a cool design. Um, uh, my husband, who I met through G.I. Joe, we were just on a G.I. Joe mailing list. And he was in New Zealand. And I was in the U.S. in college, so I was up all hours. And he posted once, and he was like, hey, is there anybody who's up at this time that wants to talk G.I. Joe? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so, it, you know, he was he's a massive Zartan fan. So he had his own website dedicated to Zartan. So, wait, you know, wait, wait. it's so, like. So, so you you started dating someone who claimed publicly to be a fan of Zartan? <laughs> yes. That, and that didn't raise a flag? No, that was awesome. Come on. <laughs> the master of disguise, the master of deception. Well, we, yeah, yeah, I know. We, I know. We've established she likes guys where you can't see their face. So it kind of exactly. makes sense, right? Exactly. Well, yeah. you know, you can see most of his face. But but yeah, he's a master of disguise. So you never know with him. <laughs> but deception. um, but yeah, like I, I, I just thought that was really cool. There's there's elements, there's different characters with different backstories, you know, that you can get into whether you like, you know, their backstory or their design. You know, they're all so different. That's one of the reasons I, you know, G.I. Joe to me has always been one of my favorite toy lines, like of all time. Apart from like He-Man, I would say, you know, He-Man and G.I. Joe for me are like the ultimates. There's a battle cat waiting for you. now. That you I know, I know. <laughs> so, that's an inside joke. One of the joke, but... I really liked about the, what they did in Canada for the, the file cards and some of the backstory is, is with regards to a, a second year character called Airborne. Uh, who was uh, Native American in um, in the lore in the United States. In Canada, they made him uh, an Indigenous Canadian. And so they changed the, um, the Indigenous band that he was from. So instead of being from, um, from the Navajo Nation, uh, he was part of the Mohawk Nation in Quebec. And so I thought that that was one of those rare instances where they didn't just change the place, they actually changed something more substantive. Uh, G.I. Joe Falkars talk about primary and secondary military specialties. They talk about birthplace. They have a write-up, and then they have kind of like a quote at the bottom. And with the bilingual cards, we basically got the quote at the bottom. We didn't get the, the write-up. And in the quote, they talk about how... Um, uh, they, talk about uh, they talk about the Mohawk Nation, and, it, and it's, it's, it's really kind of, kind of cool. Um, my, uh, my favorite G.I. Joe figure was from the first year. Uh, it's got I want a version. Cat. Just I, I want that version, just in case. Okay, I'll look for it. Because um, I don't have that. Uh, I, I don't know if I have the file card for him or not. Um, I'm just, I'll be I'm happy starting. just with the file card, to be honest with you. I <laughs> I, I didn't know this. I I, I love it. 
I, I wrote a, an I wrote three pieces uh, for the GI Joe Collectors Club uh, five years ago on Canadian variants. So I'll, what I'll do is I'll I'll flip that to you. I have a, a I can scan awesome. my copy. Thank you so um, much. Send one to Frank too. Oh, I yeah. will do that. I, I need um, I need some napkins. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite character is Flash. Um, I just love the the laser rifle trooper. Um, so my holiest of holy grails would be a two-up of the original Flash, um, which was basically the the, the pre-production one. So instead of being four inches, it's eight or nine inches. It's not particularly colored right, but I've always wanted a two-up of a G.I. Joe. I don't own any myself. The closest I've come to them are the the test shots. Um, My favorite set of test shots that I have about 50 test shots uh, and there was an October Guardsman. So in the comic books, G.I. Joe's Russian equivalent was a group called the October Guard. And they started introducing figures around um, 2000. And there was a female character. I think her name is Dinah. And so what I'm showing everybody on the screen is four variation test shots of Dinah, uh, all slightly different and whatnot. So, um, and I think the other Holy Grail that I have that, seems to be quite valuable is there was a character from the movie that never got made into a figure and i've forgotten his name but i do have big love big love big love yeah which was the very last o-ring figure that the collector's club made uh and he's what is he going for like four or five hundred dollars now like it's more somewhere around there right now that that one in particular because it's a vintage um version of big love and and actually the club ended up making a, a modern version just a few years ago and uh, yeah they're they're very sought after and he was a very uh, key new character in the movie that leanne doesn't like because of Cobra. um so it was you know it, it's, it's a great character he's taller than everyone else so, so yeah. that's so that's such a nice piece to have i have to say i i totally agree with your take leanne on on the comic books i I grew up with the cartoons and obviously I like them. I do like the movie, the animated movie. I know that the whole Cobra Lab was more sort of like, uh, so why are they smoking? And I might want some of that. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the blue, the movie goes into this weird, you know, different dimension and the whole weather thing. And But I liked it. I enjoy it. And then we killed Duke, but we don't. And we're bringing back because because of, of Transformers, the because movie. of Optimus Prime. And so we did and we don't. <laughs> uh, I really like it. And that uh, that opening sequence always gets me. However, when I started uh, dwelling heavily into the comic book, that took the whole game into another level because you get to see characters on a different on a different spectrum. And, and then Larry Hama's brilliance is displayed all over the narrative. And that that for me if you ask me of the essence of the real American hero, I will always push you towards the comic books because from my perspective, that's where the real goal lies. And, and that's where, you know, yeah. you can get that real essence of what GI Joe really is. Yeah. I can and, understand that. You yeah. pick any, any, any um, volume and you, you get that vibe, right? Um, in, in regards to figures, I think, I'm a little bit conflicted because I'm looking at my display and there's so many of them that I love. Like I love the cover soldiers and uh, yeah. um, 
and I there's they're so so good. I'm looking at Serpento right now, um, raising his hand, and then and then obviously I'm not gonna mention him because the just rule Cobra La, but uh, I'm 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 having this conflict of picking one. But if I have to be a little bit more broad and trying to convince someone like Fran, I will have to push him towards Storm Shadow. You can't go wrong with Storm Shadow. He's a white ninja. He looks mean. He's a badass. And it, it doesn't matter if it is the first version of the Storm Shadow or the most recent version of the, air quotes, retro collection. That character in any iteration will kick ass and will be an amazing figure to have regardless if you're into G.I. Joe or not because you can't go wrong with, with Ninja. So going back to the original question, like what, what is the coolest figure i might have to place my boat on um on storm shadow because i can hardly see anyone debating how cool that character is in terms of holy grail i don't think that was a fair game for you calling to bring up prototypes because i'm not gonna go and get <laughs> uh, um I, of course i love my runs of prototypes and everything but i was recently by the time that frank wakes up and this gets published I'm going to have in my hands something that I've been looking for a while. And uh, it's, it's a, I'm going to try to make a long story short, but it's something that I destroyed when I was a kid. And now yeah. I was able to, to get it back. And it's a white mortal from Ruby Plaza, Venezuela. I had it when I was a kid. But then for us, it was more like these are like, it felt like not the real thing. For us, it was more like, these are sort of like the bootlegs made here in Venezuela. We never took them as real Joes. For us, it was the American Joes, the ones are hard to find. And it turned out that uh, it was a licensed, um, legitimately operation made by the company Rubyplast. And they, they made these runs of figures. And the White Mortal is one of the most, uh, if not the most, um, hard to find action figures within the G.I. Joe world. Because I think... There's no more than 40 so, so far that have surfaced that actually survive how the how horrible we were. We, we as Venezuelans were with action figures. And thanks to a, a very good friend of mine, I was able to get my hand on a very good deal. And by the time Frank wakes up, I'm going to have that mortal in my hand. And uh, that for me, I, it feels like I, I'm complete now. I with the Joe world, like honestly, ever since I made that deal, I haven't. I haven't seek or, 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 you know, I have, I'm not in the hunt anymore. Like I, mm -hmm. I can call myself complete. You're done, right? done, done. I don't know about done <laughs> because this addiction, this plastic crack addiction is, is bigger <laughs> than me, but, and I'm putting together a Ruby Plast set and I, from another friend, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to mention names because they haven't authorized me. And I know that they're very private. Um, but I'm being I'm being trying to put together a set of Ruby Blast. And and this uh is a funny story in my case because these are figures that I didn't care at all growing up. Mm. And now that I have all the Americans, now I want those. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm being just a stubborn or or you know one of the ones that I didn't like back then. But uh it, it truly comes full circle now. Yeah, yeah comes full circle. So that's my holy grail. I think that happens in any yes. sort of collection, right? Like you you get you get all of the stuff that is available in your particular market and then you're like, okay, what else is out there? Right. So like I was happy in the beginning just to get, you know, 
the 1982s to 1989s and I've gone crazy and COVID hasn't helped, right? You know, I haven't been to a convention in a year, um, but there's Facebook groups. So I've acquired probably close to 80 new GI Joe figures in the last year. Um, you know, I am desperately trying to get a hold of some action force stuff. I'm, I, you know, I, I don't have the money to invest in Cobra Mortal or, or some of the, the, Argentinian, Venezuelan, uh, Brazilian figures, but mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean that the, the desire isn't there. Uh, I'm trying, my my uh, attempts right now are to finish the um, the Takara set. Uh, they have 24 G.I. Joe figures on cards. I have about 13 of them mint on card right wow. now. You're trying to complete the run. That's probably more one of the most expensive runs right now. It really is. And, and, you know, one of the things that uh, sort of haunts me about this hobby is uh, 10 years ago, I was in Japan, uh, the first time I was there. And I was in a place called uh, uh, Golden Age Toys, uh, which is in Menderake. No, sorry, it was, it's in, um, it's in Akihabara. Uh, Menderake is a chain there. Um, and they had the entire set 24 mint on card for about 1100 Canadian. And I was like, no, I'm fine picking them up at $15 and $35 and whatnot. And, you know, um, a Zartan will set you back. A Zartan and a Duke will set you back that much money now. A, a Snake Eyes alone will set you back probably $1,000 right now. So the Snake and, Eyes won't go mm. for less than $100, right? That $800 right now. Yeah, If, if exactly. you're lucky, if you're lucky. They go for like $1,200, $1,300. Uh, like if you could, if you were able to put your hands on them when they were like going for around 30 bucks that was a great investment <laughs> yeah yeah i have a cobra commander uh i have the cobra officer i go with the cobra soldier but i don't have duke i don't have scarlet i don't have um zartan i don't have snake eyes Zartan is pretty hard to find yeah i have some friends that they they believe that it was one per case for okay. some reason but there's a theory though but that's, that's really, 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 really hard to find. There's uh, there's some really interesting variants out there in India. Uh, the plastic isn't as good. Uh, uh, they're fun the fun school, school ones. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're wacky. But some of the early ones from those are thousands of dollars. There was a, there was a run. It was a, a promo for, I don't remember what it was for. But uh, it's, it's basically... Um, you know, a yellow version of uh, Lady J. Um, there's a red version of uh, Scrap Iron with a different head. There's, mm -hmm. there's five of these figures, and they are almost impossible to find, and they go for thousands. Mm -hmm. Well, um, do you know what, Colin, you mentioned just before about going to cons. Now, as I understand it, there is, or I don't know if there still is, uh, and certainly not this year with everything that's been going on in the world, there is a G.I. Joe con specifically for G.I. Joe stuff. Now, clearly, I've never been to any one of those because, well, they don't exist in Australia or in this strange dream state I'm in. But have you guys ever been to any of these, uh, a G.I. Joe specific con? I mean, I've been to um, San Diego when I took a trip to America and stuff, but this is, I've never been to a con that is specifically about the one uh, brand. Have you guys got any uh, con related stories? So there was there was a, a GI Joe Collectors Club that was that had the license from Asbro for many years. Uh, they eventually picked up the BotCon license. Um, I've never been to the GI Joe Con itself, 
and the and the GI Joe Club um, wrapped up in 2018. Hasbro mm. uh, pulled back the license, so they're they're doing all the official cons now uh, with regards to that. So we may see something in the future. We may not. Uh, I've been to BotCon uh, probably 11 times, but I've never been to a GI Joe Con. I know there's a great con in Atlanta called Jolanta, uh, which is apparently amazing. Uh, there was a GI Joe Con in Toronto for a number of years, uh, but but no. Um, but I don't I know went to you... I went to many. I was a member of the club, and uh, that to be honest, I truly truly miss the experience because what Leanne was saying in her case, she found her husband through through the collecting community, but. Going to a G.I. Joe convention is one of the highlights of my journey within the, the, the toy collecting habit. And uh, it, it's just being on that place with like-minded individuals talking about something that you're so passionate about has no equal. And I have gone to celebrations too, which as we all know, is a big, big thing within yeah. Star Wars. It's mm. pretty much like a trip to Mecca. You have to do it because mm -hmm. it's, your, it's your religion. You have to do it at least once. But it doesn't compare to that brotherhood that, that the Joe community had during those shows. I truly regret that they, they're no longer out there. They're no longer doing the shows. And that's one of the things that I miss the most. I have very, very, very good friends that I met just doing the line for registration. And then we became really good friends and we've been friends ever since. And we talked Joe's probably on a weekly basis. And that this is just a guy who happened to be in front of me or behind me while, while I got to the line, you know? It, it was that immediate, for me, the real glue in this collecting habit is, is the friendship that you nurture from this type of things. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to one uh, JoeCon uh, in Virginia. It was years ago. But yeah, it's the same thing. Like all these like-minded people who understand your you know toy collecting habits <laughs> and um you know it's it's just really cool to be in that atmosphere and to be able to talk to people i met was able to meet and talk to larry hama while i was there which was awesome yeah. um so it's you know i'm i'm did, did you sign up for his drawings or like... no i didn't oh, i probably okay. should have but the whole i did get a picture taken with him and the whole time i'm thinking i'm standing next to the guy that created cobra commander yeah and you know was he, I, I, was he grumpy or was he okay no he was he was good he was okay. fine because uh, my husband was there and he brought up it was asking him questions about the band he was in mm -hmm. so i think it gave him another you know something other than gi joe to talk about so he was he yeah, was really he, friendly he usually gets grumpy at the second day of that <laughs> oh okay yeah we caught him but at that, a good time then that, no but that's a great i mean if you talk about something else that you he's an amazing guy Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's I it's also like, you know, he's one of the heart um, founding fathers of this whole thing. And then you put it in a Joe convention that that might be a little bit overwhelming down the road. Right. Yeah. So they don't let him they don't let him have lunch. It's like, you know, it, but the drawing part is amazing because he basically mm -hmm. he does this in every convention that he goes. He basically leaves a list of numbers and i think he goes 20 no more than 20 and then you go down you put your name in there and and then you have to put the name of the character and then you go and say i don't know frank allen and then tom shadow and then you come back at the end of the day and then he has a hand hand drawn yeah you know, handmade 
a sketch of Storm Shadow for like 30 bucks or 20 bucks made by Laurie Hama. I have, yeah. I, I'm, he's I was, not the artist. He's he's strictly the writer. Right? Correct. That's the that's the, well, the he drew the right? like, Yeah, but he, he drew the silent issue. Correct. He drew the silent issue, which is the yes. most famous uh, comic book ever made, pretty much yep. after Superman one. Um it, it's it's a truly amazing experience to to interact with, with them and the creators and all that. And the floor, I cannot I cannot, you know cheer up more for the floor the sales floor was just amazing because when you go on a hunt you might find gi joe's here and there but when you go into a floor that is a hundred percent dedicated to joe's yeah boy you better you better have you better go on a budget and you better restrain yourself because you can just lose it, it, it was crazy it was crazy so uh, probably the other thing that i know next to nothing about other than the toys and the brand as a whole um the cartoon now i'm a huge cartoon fan of course transformers g1 turtles cartoon you guys have spoken glowingly about the animated movie and like a lot of these properties we love the transformers animated movie is still the best transformers movie they've ever done gi joe is sounding a bit the same but the actual show itself is there uh, other than a, a crush on the lead villain is there um some <laughs> An episode or a moment was there? Was there ever an episode in the show that just like got real that wasn't part of a, a an advertising campaign as it was? Or what's what's a memory you have from the show? You know, watching the show as a kid or as an adult, which is fine. I'm I'm really partial to a two parter, and I'm I'm gonna forget the name of it. But they basically take a bunch, a couple of characters. They couldn't kill anybody in the show, right? was the, the great thing about when they introduced battle android troopers or bats into the into the line because finally G.I. Joe could actually hit something and blow it up. Uh, but you had you had these these characters that were no longer on the shelves and you had to do something with them. So they had a two-parter where they went into an alternate dimension. It was sort of like the mirror universe. So like and this one. This one right now? This is my mirror universe? Like yes. That. You are a hardcore G.I. Joe fan and we're trying to restrain you. Uh, <laughs> this one had a Cobra Civil War uh, going on and uh, it's Steel Worlds Without War. End that's what that's it's called, the two-parter yep. and it's it's amazing It's it was a way for them to shuffle a couple of characters off, uh, Steeler and Grunt I think mm -hmm. uh, there was a romance between Steeler and this alternate universe, Baroness and mm -hmm. it was uh, yeah, it's basically like if Cobra took over you know, what would happen but yeah, it's, it's a great episode. And then it's there's another version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then there's like, um, there's another two parter. Um, there's no place like Springfield. That's really good. Oh there's yeah. There's another really good one. With the ads, right? I, I, I remember that yeah. one. That one was super good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there's that one. Um, as a kid, I remembered um, some of the more like outlandish ones that I still enjoy, like uh, Cobra Claws are coming to town. <laughs> where like cobra like they they like shrink themselves into like I'm little toys you and things the titles though i know because i love that sh i love that cartoon show um and then there's one where um i mean it, it kind of treated you know cobra commander more like a buffoon but uh it was the, i think the games master where uh this guy like uh took like kidnapped cobra commander the baroness um lady j um and flint i think and put them in this like crazy like funhouse type 
world where things are made of candy and like Cobra Commander falls into like this lake of butterscotch at one point. What kind of place is this, Flint? I don't know, Lady J, but I smell candy. That looks like licorice on that tree and marshmallows on that one. We're in a candy forest. That can't be real. I think it is. I took a caramel apple. And like, it sounds like but a it's Ninja like, Turtle episode, though. Yeah, yeah. But um, but they, you know, they kind of have to work together to to get out of the situation. You know, they have a common enemy. So I like stuff like that. I mean, there's you know, there's stuff I remember as a kid, you know, like that. But it was just a great show, just all around. Does it hold? Does it hold up? Like if you were to watch it now so. as an adult? Oh, I yeah. think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I watch it with my 11 year old kid until he starts saying like, "Can I go and play Fortnite?" <laughs> one of, one of I, things... I, I love every time that the dreadnoughts were on that, yep. that for me was my favorite i don't have a very specific but every time that the dreadnoughts were on i was like this is going to be a good day because yep. you know that combination was just outstanding yep. and we mentioned this already but uh for me that again and i have to say it again that opening sequence of the animated movie it's just mind-blowing it, it mm-hmm. influenced me so much in my career that i that i i have done shots in remembrance of stuff that happens there and uh we were we were doing a musical ones in new york and i had a drone shot and i and i literally mimic it was for hispanic uh, spanish performer so it had nothing to do with joe's <laughs> but i literally mimic that movement towards the the statue of liberty back then you can't you can't fly drones anymore um, I li- I was literally trying to mimic the movement, and and then the drone operator. I remember he was saying, "But why does it have to be like that?" And I go, "Just do it, <laughs> Jojo, just do it." And uh, you know, I I heard from a friend, and I this is totally unconfirmed, but the in the X Men movie that they have this battle um, at the Statue of Liberty as well. That apparently some of the writers were heavily influenced by that opening sequence. So. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but also the music in the series is great. Um, but the voice acting and you have a lot of crossover with Transformers. You have the same a lot of the same background music and voice actors yeah. and animation. So mm-hmm. if you're a fan of Transformers and the Transformers the same, cartoon, it was the same people behind yes, it, the same exactly. house and the same animation house. Like the the Transformers movie has as there's a before and after that movie if you think about it. And it was pretty much the same. And they're somewhat interconnected. I know you were putting your hands in, in, in your head, Frank, when you when we were saying that Transformers and Joes were connected. But <laughs> in, in the animated movie, they killed Duke. And then basically uh, due to the reaction that um, they had a few months earlier with killing Optimus Prime, they decided to, you know, let's just change it and let's mm. not kill this character. And he <laughs> magically appeared after he gets like mortally stabbed um, there's, there's literally a scene where they uh-huh. go i just got a call from the hospital duke's gonna be a-okay meanwhile he's <laughs> right right shot chest, right like he's dead yeah uh, they had to dial that back a little bit <laughs> it yeah, even looks like bad thing. lip sync like that it's it looks like an insert like there's no way to cover that up like the guy's a stab with a snake in the chest on the floor and then oh by the way he's gonna be fine don't worry (laughs) wink wink he's not dying don't don't cry like you know transformers kids that were crying here last week so like the voice of prowl 
in G1 is the voice of Duke, Michael Bell. Yeah. Uh, Frank Welker played Torch in G.I. Joe. Uh, he played some other characters as well. Peter Cullen was Zardan, who is Zartan's brother. Uh, the voice Weir actor... brother. Who... Mad. <laughs> yes. The voice actor for uh, Devastator is Destro. Um, mm-hmm. So there's just all kinds of characters that go back and forth between them. Well, and I didn't, now that you mentioned Sartan, I mean, we have to address uh, the changing color play feature. That That was... Yes, I was revolutionary. I'm on the toy, the toy world back then. So it has this feature that uh, what, you, some of you may explain it better than me. Go ahead. Oh, well, he he uh, he just looks like an ordinary figure and you put him in the sun and he turns uh, this sort of sickly green. Uh, and he also came with a backpack that had a fake uh, face in it. And the way that his uh, it could be hair. It could be like a, a, a headpiece. You could slide the little face within there. And then uh, on his chest plate, there was a sticker that you could apply that also interacted with, uh, with heat. So he, this, this figure had so many different play uh, features. It was phenomenal. But the skin, the skin tone is normal, and then you put it on the sun, and then it turns mm-hmm. what color? Would you and they address that in the in the cartoon series too. That he's, you know, I don't know if he, it's, well, he's allergic to sunlight or he doesn't like sunlight, but that's what happens. That reveals the the whatever power he has, right? Yeah, but yeah. It, it, it makes it it damages his his camouflage thing. Right. Yeah, it robs him of his camouflage ability. That's the thing. That's yes. The thing. You, can, you can do that in real life. Like, you can expose yourself to the sun, but you're going to get a skin cancer. And knowing that is a real don't, subtle don't way. Don't try this at home, kids. <laughs> it's a real subtle way of telling kids to try and stay indoors and play with Joes. Don't yes. go outdoors. Oh, you know what? Actually, that is a good tie-in to the PSAs that were at the end of the the cartoons. Oh, they had those, did they? Yeah. Knowing it's half the battle. That's where you get that from. And as a kid, I learned what to do if I had a nosebleed <laughs> or uh, to stay away fires. from power lines. Fires. What to do if there's a fires. fire? Fires. Don't, yep. don't wait for blowtorch. Just get out of the house through the window, and I hope you don't yep. live in a building. Yep. <laughs> electrical wires. Don't touch them. Yep. If you're swimming and it it looks like it's gonna storm, you should leave the area. Don't stay in the water. Do you guys remember? I mean, what, what's the name of him? Oh my god, I can't think of the name right now. Um, in the very early days of YouTube, like when YouTube was not even a thing. Oh, was um, this guy yeah. that dubbed that dubbed the PSAs and made it into in a funny way. And that, yeah. that was, if my understanding is correct, I think this is one of the very first teams that actually became viral. Mm-hmm. Was this guy. Um, Pork uh, chop he, sandwiches. That's Pork it. Chop yep. sandwiches. That's, those are the best. Like, I, I still have a tape because I remember that they used to sell VHS tapes of, of all of them in conventions. So yeah, there's just, this guy, this guy, PSAs, Frank. But instead of instead of giving you helpful advice, it was sort of like mum, mumbling, or it was sexually explicit, or it was. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy grabbed. He was working for an advertising agency in Chicago, and he grabbed um, all those PSAs, and he basically edited out, and then and then have some friends dubbing like nonsense, some right. stuff like uh, some of my favorites. Uh, is I think it's this no job. 
um, skiing into these kids and these kids are playing in the snow. He's like, get out of my lawn. <laughs> you know, stuff, stuff like that. And it was it was so weird that it became a, a, a hit within the Joe community. And, uh, you know, that that's a staple. I'm glad that I remember that. I don't remember the, the guy name. Um, but but, you know, it, you have to check them out. It's so, they're super oh, funny. They're still out there. In in the last in the last season of the of the show Community, there's a whole episode that is one of the lead characters in sort of a coma, very much like you right now. Mm. And uh, it's a it's a flashback to the cartoon, and uh, and they have some of the original voice actors come in to do it. And and even if you haven't, you're not into GI Joe. It is so fun to see this episode where they create these new characters. They integrate um, characters from the show into the cartoon. Um, there's one of the running jokes is that they actually end up killing people in the cartoon and they have a big funeral for them because that doesn't happen in the cartoon. And so Cobra and GI Joe are against all the community people because they've broken the rule of the GI Joe cartoon. So, uh, I love community, but, uh, I guess I stopped watching it at a good time. If that's what, uh, <laughs> that's what awaits me. <laughs> So that sort of takes us up to like now, right? Where we are right now. There's talk of this Snake Eyes movie coming out. We've got the G.I. Joe classifieds. Um, are you guys into the modern day stuff? Or oh, yeah, the retro, uh, what is it? 30th anniversary stuff. Are you guys into the modern stuff? Or are you like one of these collectors who, you know, you know 80, what was it? 82 to 89 is my so Joe's. Like Colleen and I were holding hands on, until this very moment. <laughs> <laughs> This is how our, our, our current state of affairs and politics, like our Senate is half is, one half is red and one half is blue. You just hit that point. Collie and I just go different routes. Isn't that true, my friend? Well, maybe. Like I I uh, I to the to the O rings. I don't I don't actually like the twenty fifth anniversary three and three quarter inch bodies. 
they look great on a shelf. They look great on the cards. But when I hold them in my hand, there's just something there that I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't get my head around. Uh, but I have gone down the classified route. I have been buying them when I see them. Um, so I have, you know, a half a dozen of those figures already. And as soon as the rest of them start coming up, particularly Zardan, Sartan, he looks amazing. Um, so yeah. Are you opening them? Have you opened them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, you have, you're holding Cobra Carver Commander. Commander right yeah. They, they, they don't do anything for me, to be honest. I, I'm supporting the line because I want to see three, three quarters or four inches down the road. And then I'm just trying to support the line and just to send that message over there. But uh, I, so far, I haven't taken them out of the box because most likely down the road, we'll just sell them out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just trade it for something else. I, um, but uh, I have to admit, they look great. Believe it or not, the ones that I like the most is Scarlet. I think that figure looks amazing. Although my and my son agrees with me, they they have this Fortnite type of uh, mm -hmm. really maybe that's what throws me away a little bit. Yeah, that's that's kind of my problem with them is that I wish um, they had taken that scale and articulation, but given them the original designs, mm -hmm. I would have been all over those. If that was the case, um, Me too, I, think. I kind of like I kind of pick and choose um, what figures I buy. But for the 25th anniversary, when they came out with all those, I went all in on those. Yeah. So I just kind of went nuts. But um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I really Colin doesn't like the 25th. The 25th was such an amazing <laughs> comeback. And it's, it's it was fun. really cool. If you look around my room, you'll see um, what I call the fishbowl uh, vehicles. So like where it was, you know, there's a hiss tank and a driver and it's sort of a clear plastic uh, case. I have all those and they're actually in this room. It's just, and I'm actually really happy because there's so many of the 25th anniversary styles uh, that I would be broke. And I got Transformers to buy too. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a, hard, a hard thing to, to manage. We all say that and we don't go broke, you know. <laughs> we find a way, just get another job besides the one that you have. Exactly. Time. That's what it's we funny, do, having said that, I recently acquired um, the Tiger Force Airtight and the Tiger Force. <laughs> I thought um, you were going to say I'd recently had a second job just to buy gold. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a couple of the club exclusives, the Tiger Force Airtight and the Tiger Force um, Shipwreck. Um, really? And then this week I was able to find not just the uh, the Funko Pop Zartan, but the Chase. Oh, nice. as well. <gasps> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Who apparently also has a some sort of feature as a homage to the the toy. I'm um, not into pops, but uh, did I just see that it has the color that you're supposed that it's supposed to? Oh, look at that! So it has the color that the original had when you when you place them on the sun. That's the yeah. yeah. It's kind of a bluish purplish color. Like yeah, don't, color. don't tell but anybody. I'll take them out of the package. And, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna see if it actually does anything, but. Um, Oh, uh, Trent! Trent, that's Trent is triggered. It's gonna be a, a nightmare for Trent too. He just opened that up. Yeah, like I'll get um, I'll get the pops. Oh, I got like Let's a get bobblehead. Let's, let's do something. Let's open. I got a bobblehead, Curver Commander. Um, yeah. so you know, like I pick and choose. I'm gonna which ones it. I get. Oh. Got this little guy. Oh, I love that one. Uh, the loyal subjects. Um, yeah. I, the yep. first line was very cute. The second, the second wave of them 
with the articulated knees and oh, oh they're they're that's a line they should have just kept going with. Uh, oh, Gilly, so Gilly is literally just torn a figure from the card back. I'm gonna send that footage to Trent so he can uh, endure this nightmare with me. Friend, my friend, this is dedicated to you. I'm gonna put this guy with my Lego, <laughs> with my Lego figs. And Colin is opening his chase variant zartan funko pop this has turned out to be a very expensive episode i did not <laughs> anticipate this <laughs> hey there's are so cool golden rule in gi joe buy buy two or three yeah <laughs> want to keep it in i have my snake eyes already back there somewhere in the wall yeah. and i bought this guy to open up and it, i don't regret opening this guy up do you think there's <laughs> any chance that they could come out with like uh the classified figures but with the original designs like as I, a that was exclusive my or that was my hope because there's no retro in this guy i'll take him yeah i mean it's the scale and it's, and it's the snake eyes and it looks pretty good it's not o-ring it's like it, it's a little bit bummer for all of us who are yeah. into into joe's because we get to see ghostbusters getting an actual replica of mm. of what yep. they had and then he-Man has a little bit of differences, obviously the articulation and the face, but it, they're somewhat more like wannabe vintage type. They're the Transformers. Don't get me started with those. Oh, they're spot on. Yeah. The Transformers are absolutely and, insane. But the real reason behind not being able to do this is because the, the molds are gone. Mm -hmm. They're being gone for years. And uh, going into, let's, you know, let's, it's not the same with Ghostbusters. Like, let's just get the molds that we have in storage and that's just print money pretty much mm -hmm. in the case of gi joe that will have to recast remold and and then that's just not realistic but this guy's looking good i just opened it the snake eyes retro figure in front of the camera so frank can show this when he wakes up he can show it to trent so you, maybe you can put trent down to sleep <laughs> <laughs> Ian, I, I think I think on your point, I think what we're, what we will see is in nineteen uh, sorry two thousand and twenty two for the fortieth anniversary, we'll start seeing what what uh, what Hasbro has been doing with the Empire Strikes Back fortieth anniversary line, where we'll see oh, right. style figures on those cards. At which point, I am in for like two of each. Oh yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> That would just be incredible, and if they yeah. start doing vintage O rings again, I am I am all in. I mean, I did buy the Hiss tank with the Hiss driver. Hiss driver is one of my favorites. Um, I haven't opened that. It's it's a it's a beautiful set. Yeah, I have it on my vintage. Time to open it. Did you find the the? Is that the only one that you that you've been able to to get so far? The like the Hiss tank. Uh huh. Uh, I saw the snake eyes. I passed on him. Uh, I haven't what? seen the striker yet. <laughs> really? Yeah. No. I I I genuinely do not like the the the, the three and three quarter inch reissues uh, because I Dude, find but that nobody can find it. Get him and flip it, and then go and buy yourself yeah. a, a Ninja Turtle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the don't things I don't like. One of the things I don't like about the carded figures. The vehicles look amazing. Uh, but the the carded figure, um, it's it's throwing in a bunch of accessories that the original one didn't have. They're very obviously there, uh, and the card is cut in such a way that it's not quite right. 
And again, it's a little bit to your your point about how uh, you know the transformer blaster. I just picked up blaster a couple of months ago, and it's it's spot the, on. The the retro, the, the retro one. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the state spot on. I have it. It's it's spot on. They're all being yeah. like exact replicas. Yeah. The uh, the um, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man or Slimer from Ghostbusters, spot on. Exactly the same. But yeah. the GI Joes, not quite, and I'm not exactly sure why they why they went that route. Um, I would have. This is the the retro collection of the 25th anniversary line. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> right. That's such a weird what I'm concept. hoping what I'm hoping Hasbro is going to do is that they will do what they did. With the with the Transformers, uh, they recently released a uh, repainted figure, and it came with a bunch of accessories. So you got um, Megatron's uh, mace, you got uh, Optimus's axe, you got a cage for Ravage, a couple other accessories, guns and whatnot in there. And I'm hoping what they'll do is they'll find a GI Joe figure to repaint, and they will include a bunch of accessories like Beachhead's gun and um, uh, Duke's weapons and maybe a, you know, a, a better backpack for gung ho, that sort of thing. Um, if they don't do it, I think the Valiverse is is looking like they are going to to do it for their their Action Force line. Um, this the is guy the best thing. That... The best thing that could have happened to Bobby was um, Hasbro releasing the classified line because they they match and they I think yeah. it completes like I. Again, I'm not heavily embedded into that, but I I, I um, Kickstarter the Sergeant Slaughter that that Bobby put out because oh, you know yes. I think I'm gonna need it for my set. You know, I'm, I'm but uh, I I believe that's the new generation and it is what it is. I'm gonna support the line, but I if you ask me, I'll I'll prefer to stay with four inch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand why they're doing it, like why they went that route with the design. You know. Yeah. It's just not my preference. Me, me neither. Me neither. Well, I, I got to be honest. I, as I've sort of talked about the uh, the snake eyes, I've got. I kind of like them. And Ooh. um, yeah. Well, I can't think of a better crowd to show this to. I'm gonna flip my camera around and show you guys something. Talk, talking That's through what we're looking at. Cobra Commander. How did this happen? We've got, <laughs> Destro, we've got Scarlet. We've got Destro. We've got Snake Eyes. We've got Duke. We've got Roadblock, the first one. Like, you've got more uh, classifieds <laughs> than I do. And I'm a so, fan. So how do you get to this point, Frank? Talk well, how did this happen? I blame, I blame our good friend. I blame our good friend, Chris Wisdom, because honestly, having this guy in my hand and being able to see it up close. And look, as we've established, I'm a sucker for articulation and yeah. but I don't do the three three and three quarter inch. That's not my scale. Six inch, you, yes. You're heavily into Marvel Legends. So it, correct. Correct. So this is this is right up there. You could I could they could blend in with my Marvel Legends shelf quite happily and anyone who doesn't upgrade your shelf. Upgrade this shelf. <laughs> and yeah, look, I got the Snake Eyes one and then I wasn't I didn't go looking for them. I was at a, a pop culture store that I frequent and, oh, look, they had the new um, uh, Marvel Legends with the, the Fox Universe and Mystique and, and uh-huh. Hugh, Hugh Jackman Wolverine. I was like, right, got to get me a Wolverine. That's a must. 
And then right on the next shelf over, there was these Joe figures. I'm just like, they look really good. you kept good. that a secret because we chat, we chat probably on a weekly basis pretty much. And we're just you didn't say a word. No, I have kept that under my hat, especially for you guys. So um... You see, this has become a beautiful dream. Like it's not a nightmare anymore, you see? Who knows? Your maybe music? when I maybe when I wake up, they'll all disappear. That we can hope. But um, <laughs> so yeah. So tell me about it. How do you like that Destro? I like. I, I mean, out of all of them, which I one? Open them, like I said, that that classified. I haven't opened them, like I said, but w- the one that has been like winking. Yeah, at he me, looks good. The head, it's like, is actually there. Actually, is slight sort of like molding lines on the head to make it look like a mask but there's not like pot rivets or anything like that so you can tell it's a mask it's not just a a a bald head painted silver um there are like some really subtle seam lines on it the um his little medallion is an actual separate piece so that kind of moves which is cool um i gotta say and you spoke about her earlier the one that impresses me is actually scarlet like she's got this that's such a beautiful it's a great looking figure and she's got like a waist articulation so she can actually lean to the side and i'm like my marvel legends don't do that right especially in the the female figures the the articulation in a marvel legends female is not super always been a thing yeah um she doesn't have double jointed elbows i guess is the only sort of sore point there but you know you guys spoke about it looking like a Fortnite figure because i don't have that historical attachment i don't know the original molds and colors really well i can look at this a little bit more objectively and go right it's a good looking figure right you're a yeah. virgin yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and again I, I know that all you know she comes with three daggers and a crossbow and a quiver and it's all there it's all that is a really good looking figure. figure um so you yeah. have any issues with the gold with the gold i'm sorry i'm sorry Colin, what was that I was gonna say, if you take uh, if you take the character of uh, Cobra Commander, um, coming back to your point, like you know, is it uh, consistent with the original? Well, Cobra Commander evolved, right? Right. He evolved in the comics. He evolved in the cartoon. He evolved in the figure. You know, the Cobra Commander, the blue one, uh, has a bit of a cape. That's something that has shown up later on. It wasn't on the original one, but it looks amazing. There's a there's a um, 3d printer artist that i discovered about a week ago who has done a backpack mm-hmm. that re- that is reminiscent of the original 1982 cobra commander mm. where you can stick the gun on his back uh-huh. so it comes with the gun and it comes with this this modified backpack. that's cool so i was all in on that but like the sword isn't is relatively a new addition but uh you know it there's enough there that it's it's perfect and then you get somebody like like destro who's spot on and then you get pimp daddy destro <laughs> honestly <laughs> that that was the one when i'm looking at these joes that was actually like the, the snake eyes from chris and then there was just this pimp daddy destro with a, a, a burning pile of money now i've seen a lot of different action figures and a lot of different accessories in my time Someone that is literally burning a pile of money is just this beautiful allegory for what's <laughs> about to take place, right? When I purchased this figure, <laughs> like, it, was, <laughs> it was outstanding. So, so let there, me ask you something: a... Do you have issues with the gold apps on the paint, or on Scarlet? We're talking about, or on, on most of them, pretty much. So once I have gold, because I know there has been a recurring issue among Joe collectors, but since you're a virgin. 
By the way, Trent, if you're listening, not only Frank has uh, almost a full wave of <laughs> the G.I. Joe classified series, but they're all, all open. Yeah. He opened them up. <laughs> the, um, the Trent to- is going to have a picture on that. <laughs> the toy- I had to tell somebody at the time when I bought these, right? And I wasn't deliberately going to tell you guys. So I, the, the Toy Power guys are aware of this. And they're just like, oh, man, they are going to lose oh, their minds. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. So you like the gold, the gold apps or not? I do. Like uh, on a figure like Scarlet, like Pimp Daddy Destro aside, he's got leopard print for crying out loud. So you know it's all relative to to what they're trying to achieve with the figure. Um, I I do get the fact that her face looks quite young in comparison to a lot of you know the battle heart. Duke's got a scar on his face and and all this sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, I think it's look it perhaps is leaning a little bit Power Rangersy in terms of like the. The colors and, really? and the, uh, oh, I, I could see that argument personally. I like it. If you told me this is this is Scarlet and she wears gold, you go, all right, that's cool. Now I understand and I I know the pictures that she didn't obviously originally have this color scheme, but as a as a self contained unit, uh, you know, it's got the little highlights of of like blue in the shin guards. Mm-hmm. There, it blends that real you know tech versus military hardware. But it's a lot more entertaining for someone like me, a virgin, that in, than just a, a dark army green. Do you know what I mean? I think it's that real nice, nice blend. Yeah, and do you have the 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 cover commander of the series yet, or no, I don't. And there are three of them. Yeah, yeah like I, the the most recent one I saw was like a gold looking. Yeah, snake supreme or something. One. Yeah, yeah. I think two of them are exclusives. This is the more common one you see. It's a real sort of deep to navy yeah. blue and then there's yeah. the light blue which is like more oh like God, the cartoon i believe let me, let me take a look do they at have the one with right the hood now. or is it not all yet. the helmeted not yet i suspect okay. that'll be a, a a cheap variant for them to make same buck swap the head right. out and, right. and Frank, hold that cobra commander again so yeah. i can take a look so i can take a picture of you holding a gi joe on the screen look at this man you have to talk <laughs> There you go. <laughs> now, when you wake up, I'm just going to send you this picture that I just took. There's the evidence that I, it wasn't just, it was more than just a dream. <laughs> the ultimate version actually does come with his traditional gun. Uh, it's oh, it the does? Only, the only one of the three that does come with the traditional gun. Okay. Everybody else is this sort of weird snake thing. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's meant to look like a snake wrapped around a pistol, and it comes off looking like a really wilted hot dog, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I don't like about the Cobra Commander is that he's got he's got alternate hands, right? And so the left hand is an open hand and a fist. The right hand is a, a, a gun hand, and he's pointing. And I love the idea of Cobra Commander pointing, but now he can't hold any accessories. Yes, yeah, I agree with that. But I was I I didn't like it when I saw it uh, online uh, because there was something about the mask that didn't didn't pop on the screen. But as soon as you have it in your hand, yeah. Like see, I, I haven't actually seen one in person. Yeah, so. it's too, they, they, that's they because they're 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 usually right next to the battle cat. And she's <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I am deliberately avoiding it because I know a cave. <laughs> know it. <laughs> Anything else to add on GI Joes? I mean, clearly you guys have, have done a pretty good job. I'm I'm I won't say I'm a I'm a GI Joe collector. I'm more of a, a recent uh, 
addition to the. Uh, does this mean I have to start writing a file card for me now? Aficionado. We will make you a file card. You ma- yes. make, make me a file card. There's a generator out there. We can we can make it. <laughs> a generator, of course. We need to give you a code name, but but this will, this can work out. We can do this. I would say right. I would say you're in deep if you've got more than a half a dozen figures. Like, yeah. yeah, I gotta say. Welcome. Also, also, if you are a Transformers fan of the original cartoon, um, because GI Joe, they kind of have similar music and some of the tracks are the same. Um, they're releasing, I think, next month a vinyl of the GI Joe soundtrack from the yeah. original cartoon series. Cue so music. might be something to yep, might be something to look into. Uh, I can send you a link if you want, if you're interested. <laughs> I'd, I'd need to get that and uh, a record player that I no longer have in my house. I know, but that's, sure. the only, that's the only thing, right? But somebody will put it up. Somebody yeah. will, you know. The real nightmare will be to edit this thing and add all this music. <laughs> Frank, Frank, you love the old G1 Transformers, yeah? Yes. Like yeah. The, the cartoon, right? Yeah. Like there, there was an episode after the movie called Only Human. Yes, where they shrank Ultra Magnets and RC and Springer and and uh, Rodimus down to human size, hmm. and the villain in that is a character by the name of Old Snake, and Old Snake <laughs> is clearly meant to be Cobra Commander. Yes, <laughs> okay. and the the blurring of the lines. So that universe, GI Joe and Transformers, are in the same universe. Marissa Fairborn of Earth Defense Command and Transformers is Flint's daughter. Yep. He, she's the daughter of Flint and Lady J. Yep. There you go. It's there, all, it's all connected. connected. There was a club toy uh, that played on that where they made they made Marissa F- Fairborn and they took a G.I. Joe non-transforming uh, motorcycle and they made him into a technobot. So she's riding a technobot in one of these things. Nice. They did an old snake with uh, with bats and Yes, even though I'm not a fan of the 25th anniversary molds, of course I have those in my collection. They're just up there, so they're uh, they're they're. Well, still- I don't know. You keep saying you're not a fan, and you keep and then right after that comment, you keep saying, <laughs> "But I have XO and XO and XO and XO and XO and XO." So well, I might have to challenge that statement. I'll tilt my camera for a minute. I'm not a big He-Man fan, and yes, <laughs> look at that. There you go. I have. 70 plus uh masters classics i have a, pretty much a complete collection of the pops uh loyal subjects uh dorbs like yeah i have the 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 12 inch um uh he-man 2000s like the he-man and the he-man mm. skates uh snake armor and the skeletor yeah um so i mean we're all vintage toy collectors so even if we're not all in sometimes we're partially in or a toe in and and i'm very pleased to hear that that uh frank has at least gotten his feet wet <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah it was awesome uh very good well um i think i can hear trent trying to wake me up like i'm, I'm kind of enjoying this now to be honest right i, I don't want to wake up but sorry gilly go for it before mate. you do that uh you you're actually walking into this world in the perfect timing because mm-hmm. i can forecast easily and i'm not going to talk about the elections but <laughs> i can make a projection that we're about to walk into a spike within the joe world once they release the snake eyes movie so you guys psyched for that like is that something you think could work as opposed to the other movies and what we got 
they're not going the the route based on the few things that have been leaked or released purposely. I don't think they're heading the route that of the previous movies that mm. we all know that there there were not that some of us like them, but the vast majority of us don't. Um, yeah. This one has a different spice to it, and uh, it's being reinvented as as they tag along, and then COVID came in, and now they have to reinvent it even more. But I think I I I have reasons to believe that they're paying attention, and uh, we might get surprised with this Snake Eyes solo story, if you will. Mm. The the problem with the first GI first Joe movie, The Rise of Cobra, was that it was never a GI Joe movie. My understanding is that they took a script and then they added GI Joe characters on top of it. So this weird relationship between uh, Baroness and Destro and and Duke felt artificial, but that's sort of the the story. Uh, Retaliation had a lot was a much more of a GI Joe film. Uh, they had allusions to the silent issue. They had a hiss tank. Uh, Cobra Commander in that movie looks amazing. Uh, Zartan was really well done. What I, I don't think they're perfect films, but what I liked about them was that they started a storyline in the first one where, where Zartan infiltrates and becomes president. Hmm. And they finish it in the second one. So at least from that perspective, they're bookended and it's not like you know, um, I don't know what's going to happen in this storyline, or it's an aborted uh, storyline, and we'll never see the conclusion of it. So I'm mm. I'm all in on on Snake Eyes when it comes out. I feel like this Snake Eyes one is a, is a bit of an attempt, in the same way the Transformers film started out. You talk Michael Bay stuff started really strong and very quickly lost their way, and then that Bumblebee film was really yeah. A I was massive, I was thinking that yeah a massive uptick. I feel like they've gone well that you know dial it back instead of the problem with these sorts of films is everybody wants to see their favorite character and there's you can't have 30 main characters in a film so to dial it back to go right we're just going to focus on bumblebee we're just going to focus on snake eyes i think it's uh i think it's a smart approach you can't go wrong with ninjas if you think about it that this might bring a new breed of fans into the fandom if you will Mm. because uh, and base again, if you if you analyze the the type of content that so far has is out there, it looks promising. Oh, Trent, leave me alone. I don't want to wake up. Um, all right, I I feel like my body's going to take me out of this dream, guys. Before we wrap up here, um, t- tell the fans if they want to know more about you and wh- what you do and where to find your work. Where can they find you on all things social media? Gilly, we'll start well, with I, you, mate. I post on uh, oh, I post on Instagram and Twitter as Fair Play Things. Uh, I was on uh, the episode uh, 156 talking about toy catalogs. Uh, hopefully, you guys uh, will have me back sometime. We can talk some more. You remember the episode number? That's amazing, Gilly. What about you, mate? Well, I I'm not an Instagram fan. Um, um, I'm actually myself. I'm not on Instagram, but you can you can follow Plastic Crack on Instagram. And I was just looking what Colin was doing his blog. I was looking at mine because I don't know it by memory, but it's Plastic Crack Film on Instagram or Plastic Crack Documentary on Facebook. Um, you can we we post a lot of stuff, and uh, we're very very close to release ask. some additional content because we're still waiting for proper conditions to finish season two. But that we're we're very very close to release something new. 
And that's all that I'm going to say. I don't want to. I don't want to make exclusive reveals without Darren being present. <laughs> I, I was not expecting Darren to be in your dream because that's going to make it oh, wow. awkward. All right. So I guess we'll, we'll we can talk about that later. But uh, that's where you can find me, I guess. Cool. Um, and yeah, I post on Twitter and Instagram um, as Stratos Maca which is Stratos, like the He-Man character, and M-A-C-C-A, which is Paul McCartney's nickname. It's not yeah. McDonald's. I've seen that referred to as McDonald's overseas. <laughs> um, so yeah, Stratos Macca, I'm I post drawings and um, commissions and um, stuff like that. And uh, I'm also on Master's Cast, which is a He-Man and She-Ra podcast. So if you're interested in that, you can check that out. So yep, that's me. Cool. No, no, Trent. No, no, don't wake me up. I don't want to wake up. I don't want to wake up. I don't. Before you wake up, we all want to wish you a good journey into reality. <laughs> Wait, Frank. Frank. Fra- Frank, wake what, up, man. What's happened? Wake, wake up, man. Oh, you drifted off, man. Oh, I've, I've sorry. Got a, I've got a beer sorry. for you here, man. Here, here. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just trying to wake up. Yeah, there we are. Okay, Here's that beer we owe oh, you, man. Thanks, man. Right. Oh, um, I reckon you yeah. you are you were gone for about ten minutes. I was. It, um, yeah, I had the weirdest dream. Like I, I can't quite explain it, but um, it was a bit of a nightmare, to be completely honest. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, Do you want to maybe alleviate some of the pain? I I dreamt about GI Joe. Oh, for like ages, and there was like Gilly and, well, and you know, Leanne like, and. Okay. And 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 who was the other one? Colin. Colin was there. Well, dreams always go longer than you know. It time felt like two hours to yeah, be no, honest. It was probably like, only like you know five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, That's crazy. Man. Yeah. It's it's funny you say that. Last night I actually had a dream about GI Joe as well. Really? Um. And Jose, Jose Gonzalez, our yeah. good friend and, and Patreon. Yeah. Um. Came to me in that and was was telling me all this sort of stuff about GI Joe. What did he say? Hello and welcome to Toy Power Podcast, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. My name's Jose, longtime fan of the show, and I'm here to congratulate my friends Trent, Ben, Darren, and Frank on a monumental 200 episodes. A few years ago, I was cruising iTunes looking for something to listen to during my long work commutes, and after scrolling through different hobby categories, I stumbled upon Toy Power Podcast. Upon listening, I was immediately struck by the passion and knowledge the host shared while talking about toys and collectibles, which just happened to be some of my favorite subjects as well. The show was witty, it was funny, family-friendly, and vastly entertaining. It was when they started doing their vintage toy retrospective segments that I became hooked on the show. They featured many of my favorite toy lines of yesteryear in a fun and informative way. Which brings us to today's special 200th episode, which also happens to feature my favorite 80s toy brand, G.I. Joe. My love of G.I. Joe was sparked by a Saturday morning cartoon accompanied by a big bowl of sugary cereal. The show had everything a kid with an imagination could want. Colorful characters and vehicles, high adventure, ninjas, robots, lasers, animal companions, and of course, a Cobra Commander. It's easy to see how this cartoon caught the imagination of a whole generation of kids. On a trip to Toys R Us in Van Nuys, California, I remember turning the aisle and seeing rows and rows of that now legendary explosion packaging. 
I remember turning the cards around and seeing a gallery of characters from the cartoon to collect, and with the promise of more team members on the way. On that day, a lifelong fan was born, and G.I. Joe has been a part of my life ever since. I'm really looking forward to sitting back and enjoying this 200th episode, and with so many toys, collectibles, TV shows, movies, and video games, I hope we get to enjoy many, many more episodes. Yo, Joe, fellas. Yeah, like, so, I mean, yeah, uh, Jose is fantastic. I mean, he's a huge fan as well. Yep. So, yeah, it's uncanny that we both had this experience. Crazy, wow. crazy. You know, and actually, now that you speak of it, like, I, I had, the, I must have been sort of in and out daydreaming while I'm doing mindless duties at work or whatever. But I think, you know, Darren had some ideas as well when he sort of came to me in a premonition that, uh, like... <laughs> You're dreaming you know, about Darren. Well, uh, as, 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 um... As concerning as that is, uh, <laughs> uh, well, he, you know, he just he, he came with to me with a few ideas and things, and you know, instead of doing my you know work, I was thinking about the podcast. Fair and, enough. Uh, fair these, enough. These yep. are the Dedicated. ideas he's, and uh, ideas, and also you know the wrap up he wanted to give on the two hundredth episode. So here we are. Absolute congratulations to Toy Power for making it. Episode 200, it's Darren here, just wanting to say how proud I am, obviously, of everything that Trent, Frank, and Ben have contributed to the show and continue to achieve for the show. Wouldn't be the same show without any one of them, and it's been an absolute pleasure and honor to be on the show with them throughout the journey, all the way back to July 2016. So, also want to um, say some special thanks to the people who contributed to episode 200, the special uh, Frank's G.I. Joe episode. Obviously, Leanne Hall, Hannah, um, our good friends Colin and um, Gilly, and special thanks also to the contributions of from Jose and Chris Wisdom as well. We're really, really, really lucky that so many people contributed to make this what it is. And, you know, um, it was Frank's brainchild from day one, which proves what we've all known for a very long time, that secretly, deep down, Frank is the world's biggest G.I. Joe fan. And I'm glad he's finally been able to realise his lifelong ambition to dedicate an entire episode of a podcast to it. Really, really hope that, that everyone's enjoyed hearing it and that... You know what we all know, that, that Frank loves G.I. Joe with all his heart and soul. And as Frank would know, knowing is half the battle. So just once again, um, really, really proud of Toy Power and the fact that we've made 200 episodes and can't wait um, to, to really work with Trent and Ben and Frank to put some more zeros behind that uh, too. So until next time, Good journey. Oh, thanks, Darren. That's um, it's a shame you couldn't be here, but um, yeah, thanks for contributing. Look, um, enough of this dream sequence bullshit. To be honest, like <laughs> that, um, that was a bit of fun. And uh, yeah, we're just gonna a little bit of a wrap up here. The guys have all uh, obviously listened to. My wonderful dream sequence uh, and heard what uh, Gilly, Leanne and uh, Colin all had to say. And 
yeah, look, just start off with a big thank you to those guys. It was a fair bit of coordinating to get, you know, people in various parts of the globe all lined up. Had a couple of misfires and stuff, and then some stupid election got in the way at one point. So, yeah, it was uh, it was really good fun. Mm, yeah, some some great knowledge. I mean, those guys oh, yeah. uh, are fantastic with their their Joe knowledge and passion, and uh, which which we knew. So great to get their take. I mean, we couldn't do we we've talked about Joes for so long. And we knew we couldn't do it justice, so we needed the the high powered caliber yep. guests to, to help us out. So we really appreciate that deep dive. I, a few things I learned: mm. um, Ninja Turtles had an influence in oh, terms yeah. of the colors. Yep. I mean, and you could have sort of, and that that's really a, an exclusive. You know, you've heard it before season two of Plastic Crack um, from Guillermo, but that that's crazy, and that just shows how big Turtles was mm. and what an influence it could even have on these other big toy properties. 100%. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Yep. Um, the other thing I loved was Guillermo's discussion on the Ruby Plutz toys that he had uh, in Venezuela growing mm. up. And to him, they were sort of so disposable. In, in his childhood, all he could think about was getting the real deal, the real American figures. Yep. Not yep. The, the sort of... The, and they weren't knockoffs. They were yep. officially done under license. Yep. But what felt to him like an inferior product. Now, tables have turned. That's These right. are the super... I couldn't believe that. 40 known left. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he, he had one in his childhood and yeah. now he's chased another one yeah. down. That's just insane. <laughs> That's so. cool. And that, I yeah. love that about the grails. Like yeah. We often talk about grails. What are we chasing? What means something to us? And I think that's just so beautiful. Yeah. That, that sort of story of coming full circle around and finishing your collection because he was sort of quite happy yes. to, to kind of yep. bookend it with, yep. with that item. I know nothing's ever done. We, you know, you can always find another little thing, but it's really cool that it's kind of the end to his, you know, core GI Joe collection. Mm. It's his journey, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fifty years of GI Joe. That was pretty crazy. It's uh, awesome to have that knowledge behind us because you know to talk about such a massive brand, uh, we sort of needed that help. And uh, what better than a nightmare sort of you know dream sequence <laughs> to uh, kick it off? Uh, Larry Harmer can't praise his name enough. Like he sort of was the you know construction to build on the storylines. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's you know, we had a bit of a discussion in one of our chats recently. It's what makes Transformers different from GoBots. Go-Bots it's yep. what makes G.I. Joe different from um the uh the core. Yeah, yeah, corpse. Yeah, <laughs> yep. you know, things like that. It's um, you know, so hats off. Uh love Ghibli's pronunciations for the uh <laughs> the, you know, foreign releases and the ninja clans. I thought And, and was... Colin gave it a crack. Oh, of course. Like he gave I, it a shot. A, as <laughs> anyone any <laughs> there goes Frank's beer. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, as anyone would and uh, as I, you know, any true G.I. Joe fan would think that's how to pronounce it, but, you know, Gilly had it down to a fine He's art. got that foreign Love accent. Exactly. He, can, he can nail it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, loved how Gilly also quoted he has them all and now he's hunting the foreign release. You know, that's the evolutionary crazy. step. You know, you talked about, Trent, that, you know, all right, I've got them all. But nope, there's another world I need to chase now, and that's the foreign releases and the you know the prototypes and things. Uh, Colin with the unique character origins, like you know, yeah, I, I, with yeah, the Canadian so cool. style and stuff, like pointing out. I think um, you know we all learnt a little bit more about the GI Joe line. You yeah, even from, say yeah, Gilly, who's into all those yeah. sort of non non standard non American yeah. releases. He was just going. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's a thing? Colin yeah. was able to teach him, so yeah. I thought that was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And, th- and that's beautiful having di- people from different parts of the world yeah. input 
to you know form this great toilet you know to talk about this great toilet because what it means for colin is something different that it means to gilly and you know yeah, it's awesome yeah. Uh, and you know, impressive collection of test shots like that blew me away. That he, you know, someone has got that many test shots. It's just yeah. mind blowing. Um, Leanne with her Cobra uh, Commander crush that cracked me <laughs> up. You know, and they're talking about oh, you know, with the hooded vest, I could see his eyes. Like, I just, that, that's awesome. Um, unmeasurable knowledge on the cartoons. You know, to know yeah. all those cartoon names and things. That's titles, you know, yeah. respect uh, seriously. Um, Frank and Joe's like it was a bit of Frank a throw, Joe's, yeah. it was a bit of a throwaway line by Colin <laughs> and things talking about the Takara you know the Japanese but uh, Frank and Joe's I like that you yeah. know the, <laughs> the sort of Frankenstein uh, name aspect I think that's almost a uh, name for the episode so. <laughs> I was waiting waiting for yeah. Gilly to pick up on that and just go oh like there's your episode yeah. title yeah. like <laughs> uh, one more thing that they, the guys didn't touch on that I want to touch on is mm. the uh, GI Joe comic book series ran so long that they not only had the Generation 1 Transformers in the uh, comic book line where they, you know, they, they thought, they yeah, they crossed over. They saw uh, Bumblebee, thought he was the enemy, blew him up. They rebuilt him and he came back as Goldbug. So it's a bit of yep. an evolutionary yeah. step with the, um, you know, the crossover and things. So tick that box for G1. The comic series lasted so long that they also then crossed over with Generation 2 Transformers with Megatron cool. in the tank form and things like that. So yeah, right. that's, uh, you know, hats off to G.I. Joe for 160 or so issues of the Marvel series. Mm. Uh, you know, that's that's a hell of a run. You know, outlasting Transformers and things. I think that's, uh, you know, nothing to, you know, shy at. Like, yeah. well done. Um, and, you know, I just can't shout enough... Chris Wisdom with his generosity to give us, all four of us, a, a classified snake eyes, yeah. uh, you know, a few months ago now. But uh, what an absolute legend. Can, you know, have to praise him when we're talking about anything G.I. Joe. So And it's, it's his ben. fault. It's his fault why I have this new line to collect, basically. Like, because that, you know, and to be fair, he's probably picked the cream of that line to start me off on and... and you know that that's what got me into these other ones as as i said on the episode i was looking at them and go damn it i just i was trying to resist and i just went no i just i have to and being the completest i am well there's no point getting one i might as well pick up the other two or three that are here at the same time so and the fact that the, you found them locally is probably yeah, the really difference helps. that Massive. you know you probably wouldn't have clicked buy it now on ebay or online for any means but the fact that you walk in, into a toy store it's on the shelf with money in hand to buy those X-Men figures and there were the G.I. Joes right there. So, Correct. you know, that's the big thing that toy companies need to realise that, you know, you might not go into the sh store to buy their figures, but if you see them on the shelves, you're more likely to buy them. But, you know, that's where distribution comes in and yeah, everything like that. Yeah, it's a whole other kettle of fish, isn't it? For sure. Oh, very good. Oh, I think... I look. I just want to say thanks again to uh, all the people who were involved. It was, um, yeah, a lot of work and a, a lot of uh, annoying secrecy behind it. We've had our teasing our patreons over the the journey, and that they're throwing out all these ideas. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Two hundred episodes. Holy crap! Who thought we'd get this far? So um, yeah, thank you to uh, everyone for listening and and helping us out and. Uh, yeah, hopefully enjoying um, a nightmare. Mm. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good nightmare. To have. <laughs> yeah. All right. On that note, we'll catch around the toy aisles. See you around. And until next time, a good journey. <laughs> now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Yeah.